your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to days today, Brad. Wednesday. It's Wednesday. 608-785-7914. That's Brad Williams. He works in the Wisdom Newsroom. Sometimes he leaves the Wisdom Newsroom. Sometimes I get on a bus. Yeah, like today you got on the EV bus. The EV bus. The mm-hmm. EV, the EVB. That's what we're going to call it. <laughs> the electric bus. The electric vehicle Me bus. Me with the governor and the mayor and the lieutenant governor. It's a little and, re- and the EPA administrator. It's a little redundant. Electric vehicle bus. The EVB. Uh, yeah, the, the packed bus. And, uh, uh, fairly packed because there were a lot of people who wanted to uh, support that. And, and also some UWL students were... And perfectly timed, so you don't have to wear a mask. That's right. Did anyone have a mask on? I didn't see anybody no with a mask on. and that uh, It was a very brief trip from the uh, bus barn on Isle of Plume and uh, doing a circle downtown and then back to the bus barn. Uh, with all these uh, politicians, state leaders in town, we, we hit on a couple of different things, right? We hit on EV. Right. We hit on PFAS. Yes. What did we hit on anything else? Did we hit on gerrymandering? Because that's what I'm going to be talking. We, uh, I didn't get to <laughs> hear gerrymandering. It was uh, mainly uh, the two two things going on today that uh, we've spent some time on. Is uh, the EPA administrator Michael Regan uh, was in town, uh, not just in Lacrosse but also in West Salem, looking at a sewer plant that's being uh, constructed there. Okay, and uh, talking. In lacrosse, about uh, of course, clean energy. The governor has a new clean energy uh, package. Yeah, just released this week, right? So he was there to talk about that, and uh, they they got on the uh, clean bus. The idea is that uh, everything you know just blends together because uh, there's construction going on at Lacrosse's sewer treatment plant, which eventually they want to use the methane gas from the sewage treatment to uh, generate electricity for all over Isle of Plume, including fueling those electric buses at the MTU. All right, so when we... You rode the electric bus. Yes. How did it ride? Could, it, 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 it ran uh, it pretty nicely. Now, it, now, when you were a kid, you rode the yellow school bus to school, right? Uh, or did you occasionally. walk? Occasionally. No, yeah, I was... Usually you live so close to school, we walk. Okay, because uh, I rode it. I rode that baby for forty-five minutes a day, and <laughs> yeah. you know it's loud. Brr, brr, it's loud. So what's the EV bus feel like? Because it's not. There's no. The EV diesel. wasn't loud, and they were they were talking about uh, yes. See how smoothly it rides, and it, <laughs> they were saying that right. Right on a part of 4th Street where it's a little bumpy and smooth ride. Yeah, the irony, because you said uh, the MTU director, Adam Lorenz, yes. is, is doing his spiel about right. how great He's asking, answering questions from the governor and the EPA guy about, uh, well, how does it work with all you? Does it do very well with the electric buses you have? And you, oh, yeah, it's very smooth. <laughs> yeah, the perfect stretch of 4th Street. It's pretty smooth, except you know we're work. We're gonna we need work uh, on this stretch of road right here, probably. Right. Um, yeah, that's a that that would have been a, something I would have brought up. Hey, did you did you feel a little funny saying that uh, while you were driving down that particular stretch of road? Yeah, well, that's, um, that's another thing that uh, people have to take care of. Obviously. Yeah, and, uh, and when Biden visited, we didn't go down that stretch of road. We Wait. went to Minnesota to get to <laughs> to get down to Isle of Plume to the bus barn. So <laughs> that's right. But they eventually got downtown and turned. Turned on to Pearl Street and went into the ice cream, and, you know, the rest is history. 
Well, okay, so you talked about PFAS a little bit. What was, I mean, was that, that was, the... Uh, that was the uh, DNR secretary, Preston D- Cole. Yeah, Preston Cole with the DNR. That's... And, and he's, he's uh, talking about different ways that uh, we'll, we'll be running that in the next day or two also uh, about uh, what's going on around the state and how, how lacrosse is not, of course, the only place that is worrying about PFAS. You've got Peshtigo, you've got Wausau, and all these other yeah. communities, and so it is a statewide problem and uh, trying to figure out ways to get the chemicals out of the water and provide some relief. Yeah, me. because the DNR over the last week or so has been kind of a bleep show because they, yeah. uh, they're they they're not able to set standards. They're they're going back on what they did in February. Uh, you, we won't even get it into the policy board <laughs> situation. Right, where, right. Um, but but so so it's interesting to have him here. Uh, but it does it, everything seems again down the road, right down. Down the, it's not going to happen tomorrow. So. Down the smoothly driven EV road on Bumpy uh, EV, EV, EV road on Isle of Plume, which also houses Huska Park. Huska Park, yeah, and that was which another. Is the thing. other uh, thing going is that we got a little more information today from the mayor and the police and the park department about uh, people who are homeless uh, will be able to camp at Huska Park. They, some of them are there now. There yeah. are there are about a dozen people there now. Yeah, I've seen tents out there for a couple of weeks now, and there's a lot of porta potties out there. Uh, the The news on Monday from the mayor's office was they're going to have uh, uh, people eight a.m. to eight p.m. seven right. days a week. Uh, you know, g- getting help uh, if the, if if people want help. Uh, I can't think of the term there. Just they're, they're going to have uh, groups out there helping, and then there's going to be security that does night checks, and right. then there's nonprofits gonna, and volunteers. Nonprofits involved. volunteers. Yeah. And uh, what was any new news though? Beyond well, that? I, I mean, that's I think that's the main thing people were looking at is uh, how many people and uh, trying to make sure that it doesn't attract people because that's what we we get calls here at the radio station all the time. It's like, well, aren't isn't this going to be attractive to people from other towns who don't have a place to live and they'll come to lacrosse and camp out and saying, well, we got to worry about that. We have to figure out how to get the uh, the homeless population down it's, so we don't have to worry about Huska Park we can find and in in the interim they can still keep looking for some space whether it's bridge housing whether it's some kind of thing if it's a motel or not well, where I, people can stay when governor evers was at the YWCA I asked him that I'm like hey when you when we promote all this stuff that we're doing in lacrosse to help the homeless and we hear stories. Mayor Mitch Reynolds has come on at least twice talking about somebody from the Madison area being brought here, somebody from the Sparta or Toma Arab area being brought here, a homeless person, and just essentially dropped off. Uh, I asked Governor Evers, you know, what about that? We got, you know, this is a, a problem that's bigger than lacrosse. But when right. when we get news that hey, look how how lacrosse is tackling lacrosse is really going after trying to help you know there's there's a lot of things the governor was gave them a million dollar check to the reach center that day to the ywca and evers answer was well that's what this million dollars is for you're going to be maybe the hub here in this area for homeless people because uh uh, let's say somebody in sparta or somebody in trempolo the trempolo uh, you know, city of Trempolo, right? I guess it's right. probably not a city. They, they don't have the infrastructure to help homeless people. Therefore, that person can come to lacrosse. So, right. uh, when people lacrosse are like, has the bigger government and more services to offer, yeah. More so, so when people are worried about this attracting homeless people here, well, those homeless people are still homeless, and yes, they're going to come here because that's this is going to be like the central hub. 
you know, and then as if they're closer to Rochester, maybe, or when I don't know if when how Winona handles homeless people, but uh, yeah, they're they're going to be attracted to coming here because we're going to help them here. Where you know, if there's somebody somewhere smaller, they're not going to get that help. That's right. So we we have more of the resources that can help people while we're still trying to find more resources. Okay, rolling back to EVs. Do we have just one electric bus? A couple of them. We have a couple, right? I thought there was more there, than there one. Was one. There was one on the inside that people were posing in front of. There was one on the outside that they rode on. So, But there will be more coming in the next few months. How, did we did we light, open it up a little bit? Did we see how fast it could? No, we didn't do no, that. No, you, you can't do that downtown. No, not, not on 4th Street you can't. Peel the banana, as I would tell my grandpa. When you, well, maybe maybe on that one stretch of, uh, of the road outside the bus barn as you're going to get to the bridge. And then it's like... Okay, let's see. Let's, let's see what like she's got. All right. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Brad. All right, that's Brad Williams, Wisdom Newsroom. Check out wisdomnews.com. He's uh, he's really working. He he covered both those events back-to-back today. I think they were at 1030 and noon, uh, the the mayor on homeless and, and uh, all the, the state and, and I guess Ron Kahn was there, so beyond the state, right, federal government leaders in town today as well. All right, when we come back, Common Cause Wisconsin's Jay Heck. We're going to talk about the decision last week. From the Wisconsin Supreme Court, they just uh, flip-flop. They're deciding to take the Republican maps instead of Governor Tony Evers' quote-unquote maps uh, for for voting, except for congressional maps. But the state maps, they uh, they took the Republicans, and we're going to get Jay Heck's uh, take on that when we come back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Jay Heck's on the phone with me with... Common Cause Wisconsin, which is a you, you know what Jay, I'll just let you I'll let you describe it because if I do it, it's I'm just going to mess it up and fumble all over myself. So Common Cause Wisconsin, go. Uh, well, we are Common Cause Wisconsin is the state's largest nonpartisan political reform advocacy organization, and when I say nonpartisan, that means that we don't endorse candidates for public office. What we do is we care about things like uh, fair redistricting, fair elections, uh, making sure people can vote, uh, and trying to get big money out of politics. But those aren't Republican or Democratic issues; those are uh, those are Wisconsin issues. So we don't we don't take sides. All right. So th- a lot of people don't believe that ever because <laughs> even <laughs> even uh, uh, League of Women Voters, I, I feel like uh, the, people don't believe that they're nonpartisan either. Um, yeah. Is that is that a Wisconsin thing? Because if you did nonpartisan Wisconsin common cause, if you did Illinois common cause, uh, maybe because Illinois, if we talk about gerrymandering, right? Illinois has flipped like the Democrats have gerrymandered totally. Illinois. Do yeah, totally. My, so my counterpart in Illinois uh, attacked the Democrats in Springfield, Illinois, the capital, because they control the legislature, the governorship, and they gerrymandered the crap out of Illinois. They made it impossible for Republicans ever to get a majority in the Illinois uh, General Assembly or the Senate or to, or to win any uh, more than a handful of congressional seats. So Common Cause in Illinois attacks people who, uh, who, make it, who reduce the choices for voters at election time and make elections unfair. I, you know, for years I worked with Republicans in Wisconsin, so this is, it's, it's not always we're not we're not a democratic or republican organization if the parties shift their positions on issues like redistricting and voting 
you know, Republicans, for instance, did not used to be uh, for voter suppression. They used to say, yeah, let's get as many people to vote as we can. Uh, but over the years, they've thought it's an advantage to try to make it more difficult for people to vote. Uh, but that, that wasn't always the case. And Republicans used to support nonpartisan redistricting reform, including, include, and in Iowa, they still do. You know, the Iowa, Iowa has a Republican legislature and a Republican governor, and they have a nonpartisan redistricting process in place that just put in fair maps uh, a couple of months ago for, for the state of Iowa. So it's strictly, it's strictly by, you know, it's strictly on the issue that we, you know, that you judge our work and judge the people that uh, agree or disagree with it. Yeah, if we were doing this show in Illinois with your counterpart, uh, Democrats would probably listen and call in and be like, why, you're not nonpartisan, you keep going after, you're for the Republicans. That, that's how the Illinois show would go, right? That, that's exactly right. So I think the, I think the best way to, to describe this is we generally uh, go after those that are the, the party that's in power, because the party in power generally is the party that is trying to make it more difficult for people to vote or for people to, you know, have fair choices because they want to keep that power. Right. The power is a corrupting influence in, you know, it's a, that's just that's human nature. So we so we get we go after those that have the power. That's right. All right. So and, and and I bring you on because last week the it was perfectly timed. We do this show at 5 p.m. So right at the end of the show. Uh, and we do this segment where we just say Friday news dump. Well, that news came to us at 4.30 p.m. or 5.30 p.m. last Friday on a holiday weekend. It was the perfect time for them to release. The The Wisconsin Supreme Court was accepting the Republican maps. They're just going back on, I guess, the you know, the U.S. Supreme Court said, hey, no, that's not good enough. You got to you got to do something else with the maps. Well, there's no time to redraw the map. So we, we've taken this process. So I don't know how do how do the Republican uh, the the conservative led Wisconsin Supreme Court go back on Governor Tony Evers' maps and then just accept what did they accept new drawn maps from Republicans or just the maps that were laying around that were submitted earlier? Yeah, the uh, so the conservative majority in the Wisconsin Supreme Court, as you mentioned, waited until the last possible day, the last Friday before nomination papers can begin to be circulated. In fact, last Friday was when you could start circulating papers to run for the state legislature for 2022. They waited until that last day on Good Friday and Passover, the day before Passover, when everybody's getting ready for the holidays, and issued the worst possible decision that they could have. They had so many other options. They could have either chosen the governor's maps that, the, uh, that they had chosen earlier in March and, and, told the, and just done a few adjustments to the districts around Milwaukee that were in question with regard to majority-minority uh, districts uh, in the Voting Rights Act, uh, or they could have just accepted the governor's maps, or they could have done a little work and drawn some, some new maps. But instead, what they did was they picked the maps that were passed by the Republicans in the legislature earlier, totally partisan, even more gerrymandered than they were in 2011, when they were the most gerrymandered uh, legislative and congressional maps of any in the country. So, and it's very unusual for a court to pick a partisan set of maps like that. Usually, courts broker a compromise between two different. Uh, opinions on this. You know, in this case, it might have been between the governor's maps and the Republican maps. Uh, you know, if they, if usually a court would, would broker that difference or just try to find some common ground. 
Instead, they picked the very gerrymandered Republican maps. And the only the only uh, excuse that you can see here is that there was so little time left that Brian Hagedorn, a conservative who had voted uh, for the governor's maps originally, said, well, there's no time left. We've got to pick some darn maps, so we'll pick these maps. And that's why they chose uh, the legislative maps drawn by the Republicans. Now, the other thing, as you know, and you noted this, the congressional maps that the governor had submitted uh, were okayed by the U.S. Supreme Court. The Republicans tried to change those, but the Wisconsin Supreme Court uh, said, no, we're not going to dive into that. We're not going to touch that. So the, uh, the congressional maps, which are a little more competitive, a little better. I like to call them the U.S. House maps. U.S. House maps. That's probably easier for people to understand. That's right. US yeah, because in my in my head, I'm getting sick of like we always call it the con- congressional maps or the Congress. Uh, it's not the Congress. It's the U.S. House. The Congress is the Senate, the House. You know, like it's the both of those. So when we say Senate, we always say Senate. But when we say when we say House, <laughs> we don't. Al- you were a civics teacher, right, Rick? A little bit. Like it, it gets me a little. Uh, I don't know if it. Bu- it just bugs me a little bit. It makes me itchy. Um, when you say that uh, the the Wisconsin Supreme Court took. You know, the first they took Evers maps, uh, yep. which which is going to piss off Republicans because we're calling them Evers maps. Why would you grab the Democrat governor's maps? And then when we ta- say we take we took the Republican maps, were there other maps? How many other maps could they have taken, and why were they? I don't know. Are we? Could we have ranked the maps? You know, the governor Evers is number one. And if there were ten maps, like maybe Governor Evers was fifth on the list as being the most fair. I don't know. Well, well, there were a number of other choices. But first of all, to call Governor Evers' maps the Democratic maps is a huge mistake, because even Governor Evers' maps favored the Republicans, What they because they could not deviate very much from the maps that were drawn in 2011, because the Wisconsin Supreme Court said, we are putting in place a, a least-change doctrine, which means we will only look at maps which deviate as little as possible from the maps that were drawn 10 years ago. Right. They put in this greatly favored the Republicans. Yeah. They put in the stipulation that they put in the stipulation that wasn't a stipulation a decade ago. uh, And therefore, and then what I like to say, and you you're not going to like this, but governor Evers people that drew the maps, because uh, every time someone says they're governor governor's maps, I just picture an old white haired governor drawing (laughs) legislative maps. I'm like, yeah, that's how it works. No, he's got lawyers and a team of, mathematicians figuring it out and so when when they take those maps it's kind of like uh kind of settling in the middle there are democratic maps but the least change because there were no stipulations a decade ago i want to get this theory out to you before i go to break here jay we're talking with common cause wisconsin executive director jay heck um because there were multiple other groups that had submitted maps what what should have happened is if i'm a group that's submitting maps i'm going to call myself the gop group the gop group and I'm going to submit my maps. And when the uh, Wisconsin Supreme Court looks at all these maps, they're going to go, hmm, there's Republican maps. There's this, that's, that, and there's Democratic Governor Tony Evers maps. And we're kind of conservative leaning. But man, these GOP maps, you know, these GOP maps, I think we could take those. There's no, it, it, it's, uh, then, then there's, it's kind of like down the middle a little bit because uh, you, you, are these Republican maps or, or not? The GOP group, I don't know. What do you think? Well, there's no. Well, first of all, what, what you're saying is that the court, and you're, this is exactly right. Generally, state courts or federal courts, when they're when they're asked to choose in a situation like this, 
they generally choose something kind of in the middle, a compromise. They don't generally choose one set of partisan maps, either very Democratic or very Republican, uh, because courts are supposed to adjudicate the differences between the sides. But that's not what the Wisconsin Supreme Court did. They chose the most partisan maps, the maps that were drawn by the Republican legislative leaders this time, and, uh, which which are even more partisan than the maps that were drawn 10 years ago. Okay, that was my so, next question. These maps are, are, are skewed more to the right than, than what happened a decade ago. Correct. There's, in other words, there's fewer, there, there'll be even less opportunity for seats to flip uh, for the Democrats. More Democrats were packed into even fewer districts this time around than was the case 10 years ago. And over the last 10 years, the Republicans had a rock-solid uh, control over both houses of the Wisconsin legislature because of gerrymandering. And so essentially what they've tried to do now is lock that up for another 10 years. And that's what the Wisconsin Supreme Court, they chose those maps uh, on Friday. In other words, a supermajority will happen, and then uh, critical race theory and math books will be thrown out. That'll be a law. No critical race theory well, we and math. We don't, know about a, we don't know about the supermajority. The state Senate, likely, because the Republicans are only one seat away from a supermajority, so they could get th- uh, 22 seats, which would enable them to... Uh, override a gubernatorial veto. It's hard to see how they can do it in the assembly, though, because they need to get 66. They have 61 now. And the maps are already so gerrymandered in the assembly that I don't see how the Republicans can pick up an additional five seats. So I don't think we're going to have a supermajority as much as the Republicans would like to have that. All right. So what you're saying is critical race theory will remain in math books in, in Wisconsin. Well, As that, opposed... would, that would only be if uh, if the governor uh, wins re-election <laughs> right. and vetoes I suppose, those. I suppose so you're I, right. Uh, yeah, there's no so there's that's right. Then we might be back to a 2011 situation. Um, uh, and I keep right. making that joke because uh, Florida Republicans have banned math books with critical because of critical race theory. Math books. There anyway, that's Jay Heck, Common Cause, Wisconsin. When we come back, uh, we're going to continue this conversation. I want to ask you about just like why this went to the Supreme Court and. How many times in the last X amount of decades have we just had the maps are good to go, nobody challenges them, because that seems to be the case in Iowa. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Jay Heck, Common Cause Wisconsin Executive Director, and we're talking about Wisconsin's, uh, well, the Wisconsin Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court decision to take Republican maps a couple of weeks after they decided to take, quote unquote, Governor Evers maps. Um, and you just said right before the break that these these maps that were accepted are worse than the maps, more gerrymandered than the maps that were accepted in 2011 when Republicans controlled all of Wisconsin's government, uh, drew the maps behind locked doors with uh, non-disclosure agreements and didn't let any Democrats in or the media, right? Like nobody could see the process for drawing maps. And um, I guess, did we get to see the governor's process for drawing maps? Like literally Governor Tony Evers people? Yeah, I know we got the People's Map Commission, but after that, that was those were kind of readjusted and the governor's people drew maps. Yeah, then the governor's uh, office uh, drew maps. They submitted them to the public for inspection. Uh, but they didn't have much time to draw the maps because uh, the Wisconsin Supreme Court uh, said, you know, give me your maps. Let me let me see what you got. And so the maps, and here's the, here's the thing your listeners need to understand. 
the maps the governor, who is a Democrat, submitted favored the Republicans because, again, the, the, the maps that the governor submitted could not deviate very much from the uh, 2011 maps, which were heavily favoring the Republicans. So the governor couldn't make big changes, but the maps that he submitted were less partisan and less uh, gerrymandered than the maps that the Republican legislature uh, drew. Yeah, it would the reason be. We know that these maps that the Republicans drew that the Supreme Court just accepted are more partisan is because an analysis done just done by Marquette University Professor Johnson uh, showed that there's only two of 99 assembly districts uh, that that will even be within 2% of each other. In other words, every other district is safe. Only two districts will really be at play in the uh, 2022 election. Two yeah. out of 99. So that almost guarantees that the Republicans will certainly hold 61 seats in the Assembly of 99 and will likely increase that number. Uh, the question is whether they can get to 66, which would give them a veto-proof majority. I don't, I don't think that's possible, but uh, they're certainly in a position to pick up more seats. Yeah, Ryan did text in, and I think you just answered that. He said he hasn't seen the maps, uh, but how are they skewed, and where is the data to support that? Um, I, I think there would be – the da- talking data would be really boring, but – um, the way we draw the maps means that they're using data to draw the maps and manipulate them, whether it's Governor Evers' people. Governor Evers' people manipulated the maps the best they could to make them as democratic as possible. It's not like Evers didn't go into that trying to manipulate them the other way. It's just that the Supreme Court, the Wisconsin Supreme Court, put stipulations on it where a decade ago, no stipulations. It was like no holds barred, the Hulk Hogan movie, no holds barred. Uh, you could do whatever you wanted with the maps, and, and that's what went through a decade ago. This time around, there were stipulations. So the groups drawing the maps could only uh, manipulate them as so much. But, yeah, that's I mean, correct. when when Ryan asks how are they skewed and the data that support that, is there an interesting answer to that, Jay, or are you going to start just it, put your nerd glasses with tape on the side and start talking and put <laughs> well, us all to sleep? Well, the, it, there's no interesting uh, answer other than, than we'll know, you know, the day after the November 2022 election. But I think what it will show is that there are just not any or very few two or three seats that will even be in play. That even, and what I'm saying is we'll even have the possibility of changing uh, if the voters decide they want to change uh, because uh, they will favor uh, the one party or the other so much in the way they're drawn. And again, the way it works is that Democrats in Wisconsin are packed into fewer districts so most of the Democratic districts, like the Democratic district in La Crosse, pretty safe district, the Democratic district, the, the, the one represented by Jill Billings, uh, Republicans are likely never going to be able to win that. But what they've done is they've spread their voters out all around the districts around La Crosse, and they hold all of those except for the, uh, the Onalaska seat, which, which, which uh, Steve Doyle holds. And that seat will be maybe a little competitive, but that's also been increased uh, to favor Republicans, as has the state Senate seat in La Crosse, occupied by Dan, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Brad Paff. Uh, the Republicans drew that to favor, uh, to try to help uh, a Republican candidate the next time around. That's the problem with gerrymandering. It's, you know, it's legislators picking for voters 
who their representatives ought to be rather than letting voters do it. Yeah, I'll I'll say it again, Jay. It's the the problem with gerrymandering is that in one random election, not even random, I guess one election every decade, whoever wins that election gets to decide how the voting maps will be drawn for the next decade. So one just one election and then they get to decide whoever the winner is of that one run, one election. It's the stupidest I don't know who like who thought of this idea. That's a good idea. I don't <laughs> like at what point did somebody go no that's probably not the greatest idea. Um anyway, Joe's texting in and he's and he's picking on you here a little bit. He says Jay that's is right. Jay is guessing when he says that's why they chose the Republicans map. So that's why what the Wisconsin Supreme Court chose the Republicans' maps. He says, Jay doesn't know if it was because of time if or uh, it could be that the maps were just fine. He says the maps were just fine. That's why they picked them. No, I, there, I know that because there's no precedent for any state court or any federal court choosing such a partisan set of maps. I mean, that's just the fact. Uh, courts generally choose uh, something in between, a compromise between one set or the other. They generally do not choose an extreme set of maps like these were. So I do know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, and, and certainly the time element had something to do with it. But the Wisconsin Supreme Court waited until the last possible day uh, to make the decision so that they wouldn't have to, uh, you know, have a lot of, have a lot of kickback. So, uh, again, this is a unique situation. It hasn't happened like this in any other state in the country. And all you have to do is go across the river to Iowa, where the Republicans control both houses of the legislature and the governor. And you know the kind of redistricting process they have? It was nonpartisan. It was put into place. But, and it was supported by Republicans and Democrats. Both houses of the, of the Iowa legislature supported the maps because they're fair. They're drawn according to nonpartisan criteria. They don't choose one side or the other. They make it advantageous for voters. They keep counties together. They keep cities together. They make sense. They're not divided and gerrymandered to choose one political party to have control for a decade. We've talked about this with UW lacrosse political science professor Dr. Anthony Shergoski. The, the idea I was I was models great. Wisconsin would be a little the, it would be a little bit difficult because. Um, because because of cities like Lacrosse, uh, m- a better example, Madison, Milwaukee, highly democratic cities, and the idea of you know Iowa's a nice a nice shape, right? It's a rectangle. Wisconsin's a little bit different, and then Iowa's population spread a little bit less densely. Um, therefore, it's a little bit harder to draw an Iowa type model in Wisconsin, is it not? Well, I don't think it's harder to draw an Iowa type model in Wisconsin. The results might be different. And the Republicans would likely be still have some advantage just because of the way uh, the residents of Wisconsin sort themselves. Yep. It is true that Democrats tend to congregate in cities like Madison and southeastern Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin, more so. But you can still draw the maps in a fair way and keep communities of interest together. There's no reason to split little cities, you know, like Marshfield and Sheboygan and Beloit amongst three assembly districts in order to get. Uh, political control of the state. I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. And, and in Iowa, you can't do that. You're not allowed to to do that kind of gerrymandering. And that's why everybody buys into it in Iowa. The people in Iowa have confidence in their elections. Half the people in Wisconsin think our elections are fixed and already decided. And that's a severe problem for democracy when you have half the people of the state 
who, who don't have any faith in your elections. Well, that and that's kind of what we're talking about right now. We're saying the maps are fixed, right? Absolutely, that's right. And these are these are heavily gerrymandered maps. And the Wisconsin Supreme Court did not have to take these maps. They could have done the job that courts are supposed to do, which is to adjudicate. And they could have just gone into the Milwaukee area and fixed the majority-minority districts that were drawn there. That was the issue, and that's the whole reason why the maps even went to the United States Supreme Court, because there were charges of racial gerrymandering. Well, those could have been adjusted uh, if the Wisconsin Supreme Court uh, had taken the time to do it, but they didn't. Uh, There are four conservatives, radical conservatives, on the Wisconsin Supreme Court uh, that care really more about a political end than they do about impartiality and fairness. And that's really a problem. It's a huge problem because our courts now are just as politicized as our legislature is. Yeah, and I'll get to John texted in, but I want to get to this quick, too. Uh, there's a Supreme Court race, what, next year? Does it start next yeah, year in, in Wisconsin? Um, that's is, it, Will we see a Supreme Court race get to a billion dollars in a state? Because that's what it feels like. Because that'll be for the majority, right? Like the Democrat versus, con- I should say, conservative versus liberal majority here on the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Yep, it's, it's everything is on the line in April of 2023. It will be for ideological control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. Right now it's 4-3 conservative. Conservative Justice Patience Rogensack, who's in her 80s, is retiring. And so whoever wins that uh, Supreme Court election, which is, in, which is in April, it's a spring election, so it's not a, even a high turnout election, that will determine uh, control, ideological control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court. And it will easily be, I think, the most expensive state Supreme Court uh, race in the history of the country because there will be money from all over the country pouring in to that particular Supreme Court election to determine the outcome, because it's so important for 2024 in the presidential election. And and if if the the Supreme Court race went to liberals, would we see something possibly done with the gerrymandered maps? Well, that would all that would all depend on if there is a, a another lawsuit that's brought up. Uh, challenging funny Jay there won't be another there won't be another lawsuit good one come on there's going to be another lawsuit yeah well there, that, yeah, that's true there somebody's will be other lawsuits somebody so somewhere has got it up and down. they got it in their pocket they're just waiting for that that supreme court seat to flip and then they're just going to pull it out of their pocket and then put it on some wherever wherever lawsuits go it'll be on that person's desk the, the second you know, that work, supreme it court. could work the other way too rick and that is that if a if a republican is elected uh, uh, governor of Wisconsin in 2022, the and the Wisconsin legislature, which is going to stay Republican, they could open up uh, the uh, redistricting process and make it even more partisan than <laughs> it is now. And they could go after the congressional seat. They're very angry that they were not able to make the third congressional district and the first congressional dif- district safe Republican. Yeah, it's, those I, are two, they're competitive now. Both those districts. And, yeah, and the Republicans are very angry about that, so they may go after those. Yeah, we might. That was the compromise. I think maybe the Wisconsin or the U.S. Supreme Court made. Right there's you're talking about compromise. The, the they left the congressional the U.S. House seat. So Ron Kine's district is not going to flip. Stevens Point to another district. Uh, they're not going to take the Republican drawn maps in that regard. They left it. So we are using Governor Tony Evers' maps in one regard, and that gives us out of what seven? There's seven congressional seats here. 
Is it seven? Well, there's, there's eight congressional eight. seats, of which that would make two <laughs> right. uh, somewhat competitive. Yeah, the right. new maps will make, whoa, two competitive seats, and one of two. them right here in, uh, in, the, in the greater lacrosse area, the third congressional district. Okay, John's question, right. uh, real quick here. Uh, maybe He says, do the maps favor Republicans because more of the state is Republican? Well, the state is 50-50. Look at the presidential and gubernatorial election. Half mm-hmm. the people in the state vote Republican, and half the state people in the state vote Democratic. You can draw congressional and state legislative districts in a, in a, in a way that better reflect what the real composition of the state is, rather than pack Democrats into fewer districts, so that you guarantee Republican control. That's gerrymandering. It's the same thing that Democrats do to Republicans in Illinois uh, and in New York, and Maryland, a number of yep. other states. Yep. So you know it's it's wrong. It, it doesn't it doesn't it's undemocratic, small d, and it's bad for voters. Yeah. Again, one random election sets the voting lines for the next year. Whoever wins, if you win the Super Bowl this year, you get to your pick your opponents for the playoffs for the next decade. That's kind of how that goes. Jay Hack, Common Cause, Wisconsin. I appreciate you coming on. Always my pleasure, Rick. Thank you. All right, see ya. All right, we've got to take one more quick break. We'll be back. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening, texting in. Tomorrow on the show, I'm going to have Adam Murphy, a Senate candidate, 